This is Evangelist Henry Walker. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. On this podcast today, I want to talk about could the rapture door be shut in six days on the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur? Let's go to Father in prayer first. Father, I thank you for another opportunity to minister to your people, Father. I ask you to use me just the way you want, Father. Let me say only what you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less. Help people, Father, to open up their spirits and not only receive the word, but study the word for themselves. And Father, give you all the praise and the honor, Father, in the mighty name of Yeshua, by the blood of Yeshua. So again, we're talking about, could the rapture door be shut? In six days, on the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. Let's go to the book of Leviticus 23. It's right after Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus 23. Talking about the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. Leviticus 23, verse 26. And Yahweh spoke unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of the seventh month. We're in the seventh month right now on the Hebrew calendar, which is the calendar that Yeshua used, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a special convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto Yahweh. So as you may or may not know, Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets, just happened on Tishri 1. And Tishri 10, 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets, is the day of atonement. It's that 10-day period of time. And we have six days left in that 10-day period of time. And on that day of atonement, a Yom Kippur, the Jewish people have a Nila service. It's the closing of the gates service. At the end of every Yom Kippur, they say the gates are closed. I want to give you a background on the day of atonement, a Yom Kippur. You may or may not know about the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a place of worship. In the tabernacle, you had the altar where the high priest would kill the animal. And with the blood on his hands, he would wash in the lava. And the next area of the tabernacle, you had the the menorah, you had the showbread, and you had the altar of incense, which is a type of our prayers going up to the Father. The menorah is the type of Yeshua being the light of the world. And the showbread is about Yeshua being the bread from heaven. And in the inner area, you had the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the Ark of the Covenant was a jar of the manna that they kept, Aaron's rod which budded, and the Ten Commandments. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat. And so... Every day, the high priest would have his duties uh, with the altar, with the next area, with the showbread, the menorah, and the incense. And he'd have on his kingly garments. But on a day of atonement, he'd go in with the blood of an animal and put it on the mercy seat in the tabernacle. And he had servants' garments on this time, different type of garments. And he had pomegranate bells around the bottom of his robe. The people would tie a rope to his leg that if the sacrifice that he offered once a year on the Day of Atonement was not accepted by the Father, 
after he put the blood on the mercy seat, the people knew that the high priest would die and they would pull him out with the rope. And the sound that the sacrifice was accepted by the father were the pomegranate bells making that noise. So it was a sound that let the people know that the sacrifice was accepted. And the high priest was putting that blood on the mercy seat to atone for their sins in the previous year. All pointing to Yeshua, who wiped out our sins forever. Not just a temporary atonement. A goat that was offered up as the sacrifice, that's the type of Yeshua. So after Yeshua rose from the dead, he told Mary, Don't touch me, for I had not ascended to my father and your father. So what Yeshua had to do is put his blood on the mercy seat of heaven, because the tabernacle on earth was a replica of the tabernacle in heaven. The Father gave Moses the dimensions. And so on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. That was the sound that showed that the Father had accepted the sacrifice of Yeshua for our sins. So it was that sound. And as I mentioned on a previous podcast, on the Feast of Trumpets, which just ended, there's a hundred shofar blasts in Israel. And after that last blast, the hundredth blast, that's the last trump. So I said that anytime after that last trump in the subsequent year, Yeshua could come back for us. But there's also that 10-day period of time between Tishri 1 and Tishri 10, the Feast of Trumpets, and the Day of Atonement. So the Father is giving space to people to repent because he could close the door of the rapture on the Day of Atonement when the Jewish people say the gates are shut. Important period of time for us to repent if necessary, draw closer to the Father, seek him. It says in Jeremiah 29 verse 13, the Father says, seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart, with all your spirit. And so it's also my contention that the tribulation could start right after the rapture on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and seven years later end the tribulation on the Day of Atonement when Yeshua comes back the second time after the rapture. As a matter of fact, on Tishri 15, five days after that Day of Atonement that ends the tribulation is the Feast of Sukkot, or Tabernacles, and I believe that the millennium will start at that period of time, that 1,000-year period of time when we will be with Yeshua 1,000 years in Jerusalem. So these last three feasts, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles, have not been fulfilled by Yeshua yet. But I'm bringing to your attention that this next six days is so very, very important that I believe that the tribulation could start on the Day of Atonement, and as I mentioned, the rapture will happen and the rapture door will be shut. So in this year, on Sunday the 24th, September 24th, at 6 p.m. starts the Day of Atonement, and Monday the 25th, at 6 p.m. ends the Day of Atonement. Now, in Jerusalem time, it's seven hours ahead of us. So 11 a.m. on that Sunday starts the Day of Atonement in Jerusalem, and 11 a.m. on the 25th ends the Day of Atonement. So it's important that you be alert and be ready. And if you go to Second Thessalonians with me, as I mentioned on the 
previous podcast, I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And here's one of the scriptures that I use to base my belief. Second Thessalonians, Thessalonians is right after Colossians, before First and Second Timothy. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of Yeshua, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Yeshua is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the day of us gathering together unto him, or the rapture, shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And then the beast will be revealed. Now, the Greek word for falling away is apostasia. But it's a mistranslation, because the root verb of apostasia is epistemi, A-P-H-I-S-T-E-M-I, which is mentioned 15 times in the New Testament, and 11 times it means a departure. Not a falling away, but a departure, a leaving, the rapture. And you can already see signs that the beast is being revealed in a greater way. He's already in the world, and he's already got power. And see, the things that are happening in the world, so many people are looking for a savior, somebody to save him out of what's happening, to bring things back to normal. And this person is going to come on the scene and bring so many changes for the good. And this beast is using everything that's happening in the United States and the world to have a contrast of what is being done right now by people in authority and what he will do. Because this beast has to win people to himself. And already, he is. And I believe that the time is coming, like I say, on a day of atonement for him to be revealed. But he's going to start off very good and doing things for so many people, doing so many great things for so many people. But then he's really going to show his true color, so to speak. So we need to be alert during this time, the six days, to, if you haven't, surrender everything to the Father, especially our flesh. Ask him to come into your spirit, fill you with his spirit, mortify the deeds of your flesh, making you more like Yeshua every day, and bringing the fruit of the spirit out of your life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's in Galatians 5, verse 22 to the end, and Romans 8, verse 13. And when you do that, you become a partner with him in the sanctification process where he will work on us every day to get us ready for a spiritual operation on the last day of the week, which is the Sabbath. Remember, the day runs from 6 p.m. to 6 p.m., so Friday 6 p.m., to Saturday 6 p.m., he completes that spiritual operation and taking that junk out of our lives that he wants to take out of our lives with our cooperation that this process he started during the week and prepared us for this operation. That's one of the reasons why the Sabbath is so important. Also, it's a preview of heaven, the rest we're going to have in heaven as we rest in him and we hear from him. He encourages us, shows us what we did wrong during the week, Pats us on the back for what we did correctly. 
and gives us more power to go into the next week, which starts on Saturday at 6 p.m. We need to get on his timetable. And I have two books on my website under henrywalker.org on underwritten messages at the very end of those written messages. One is called Noon, which talks about the feast days, the different hours of the day when the Father wants to move the most. There's a certain hour of the day when his healing anointing is greater than any other hour, and that's revealed in that book. Also, another book is called, Is the Trinity Really a Mystery? Explaining the so-called mystery of the Trinity. So what, if some of you haven't done this, you need to go to the Father. Say, Father, if there's anything in my walk with you through Yeshua that's from Constantine and has a pagan origin, get it out of my life. I don't want to celebrate any holiday that has a pagan origin. I want to worship you. I want you to show me more about your feast days. Remember, this ministry goes back to our Jewish roots in and only in Yeshua. What he taught the apostles, what the apostles taught to others. We don't go back to the ceremonial laws and the washings and the 600 and so commandments that the Jewish people can't keep. No, we go back to Yeshua. Remember, he is a Jew was a Jew, always will be a Jew. And we need to follow him. Remember in Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison, here comes Yeshua, saying, come on, follow me, and he led him all the way out. He needs to lead some of you out of this Constantine junk. He wanted all of Rome to be Christianized, so he brought the pagans in too, with their holidays, and worshiping three gods, into his form of Christianity. So, as I mentioned, Yeshua was born on Passover, died on Passover. It's on that the message on my website, when was Yeshua born, when did he die, when did he rise? I mentioned this on another podcast. It's the top message on, at henrywalker.org under the written messages. And you find that that one message gets rid of those three pagan holidays. First, he was born on Passover, died on Passover. He was not born on December 25th. That's the birth of the sun god, Mitras. He gave up his life on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Daniel chapter 9, verse 25 to 27. It says that the Messiah is going to be cut off in the middle of the week. So he died at 3 p.m. on Wednesday, rose 72 hours later. Like he said, I'm going to spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. On Saturday at 3 p.m. They couldn't go near a dead body according to their tradition. On the Sabbath, so he came to him after the Sabbath was over, around 6 p.m., and he had already risen. There's no room for an Easter Sunday sunrise service. Sunrise service is worship in the sun. Easter is all about a goddess, Astar. Suppose it came down in an egg. Goddess of fertility. That's why there's an emphasis on bunny rabbits during that time. And she came down in an egg, as I mentioned. And so that's why they had the Easter egg hunts. Every sacrifice they had to this goddess Astar, they would kill babies and put the baby's blood on eggs. And so there's so many congregations that are doing these Easter egg hunts. They don't know what they're doing. But if you are tangled in any of these pagan holidays, let the Father untangle you and draw closer to him and let him get this junk out of your life and worship him in spirit and truth and let nothing that has a pagan origin, be included in your worship of the Father through Yeshua. And you're following 
the Father through Yeshua. So it's up to you. I'm just telling you that there's an urgency right now. The Father's been dealing with some of you about it before. There's even a more urgency right now. Let him make you clean from this junk. It's been 1,700 years since Constantine started this stuff. And tradition has been building and building. But with the power of the Father in the name of Yeshua by his blood, if you want to be set free, you be free right now in the name of Yeshua by that blood of Yeshua. So again, we're talking about the 10-day period between the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement of Yom Kippur. See, Yom Kippur is always a time of deliverance. He can deliver any time, the Father, but some Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, he's going to start that seven-year tribulation and end on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, seven years later, and that's a great time of deliverance when Yeshua comes back the second time and we come back with him on those white horses. It'd be so powerful. And then five days later, Feast of Tabernacles of Soko is when I believe the millennium is going to start, the thousand-year period of time, as I mentioned. And so we need to be prepared. Again, as I mentioned, the Jewish people have a closing of the gates service called Nilai. N-E-I-L-A-H. So it's a time for seeking him. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. As I mentioned before, Yahweh said, Seek me, and you shall find me when you search for me with all your spirit. So again, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, starts on Sunday, the 24th, September, at 6 p.m. On our time zone, 11 a.m. that Sunday, in Jerusalem time, and it ends on Monday the 25th at 6 p.m. our time and 11 a.m. Jerusalem time. So just be ready and seek him. And also the Day of Atonement, 40 days prior, starts a period of time called Teshuvah, which is Hebrew for repent, repentance. It's a time for repentance, which is not only asking the Father to forgive you, but to say, Father, help me never, never, never do that again. I want to serve you. Again, that's what that sanctification is all about. Just submitting to him as he gets us ready for heaven. And works on us every day. And culminates, like I said, on the Sabbath, where he does that spiritual operation. But let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 14. I want to talk about seeking him. Second Chronicles 14. It's right after... 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. 2 Chronicles 14, in verse 2, 2 Chronicles 14, verse 2. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of Yahweh his Elohim. In verse 9, they came out against Asa, Sarah the Ethiopian, with a host of a million men and 300 chariots, and came to Marishah. Then Asa went out against them, and he set the Battle and array in the valley of Zepatah and Marishah. And see, and Asa cried unto Yahweh his Elohim. Remember that the Father's name is Yahweh. He revealed that to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, saying, I am that I am. This is my name forever. Tell the people, this is my name, Yahweh. I am that I am. Whatever we need him to be after we surrender everything to him, he will move for us. And 7,000 times in the Old Testament, the King James people, instead of translating Yahweh, they put Lord capitalized, and Lord comes from Baal, 
Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. So don't call the Father Lord, please. And don't call him Jehovah. Jehovah is a 15th century word. And if you look up Hova, H-O-V-A-H, in the Strong's Concordance, in the Hebrew, number 1942 and number 1943, Hova means wicked. You're calling the Father wicked. And on my website, henrywalker.org, there's a powerful message. They're all powerful, but it's called the origin of names. That they're names that we used to use, that some do, in our relationship with the Father, that are pagan origins. Origin of names. We need to worship Him in spirit and truth. There's so many names and titles that we can give Him. But Jehovah's not one of them. Lord is not one of them, that's for sure. It's important for you to study this and get it right in your relationship with the Father as how He wants you to worship Him. And get that pagan influence out of your life. And there's other messages on that website too about wine as a marker. That the word for wine in the Old Testament and grape juice is the same word and the same in the New Testament, same, same Greek word. So you have to read the context of what's being talked about to find out if it's intoxicating wine or grape juice. And wine is a marker. And wine does affect the brain cells. You say, what about Yeshua at the wedding feast of Cana? Well, what they used to do is you used to squeeze the grapes, boil the juice, make it into a gel, and put that gel into a new wineskin so it wouldn't ferment. And then when you wanted to drink, they would squeeze the wineskin and add water to the gel. That's what Yeshua did. He made the gel and said, now you fill up the pots with water. You add the water. I mean, those wedding feasts lasted for days. And he's not going to give those people something that's going to damage their bodies. Yeshua came to heal too. So it's important you realize that be careful what you bring into your body, what you bring into your house. And there's also a message on divorce and remarriage. Powerful message that's based on the word, not on somebody's tradition. So in verse 11, 2 Chronicles 14, verse 11, And Asher cried unto Yahweh his Elohim and said, Yahweh, it is nothing with you to help whether with many or with them that have no power. He was faced with an impending attack from a million men and 300 chariots. So he sought Yahweh. He sought him. He drew closer to him. He said, Yahweh, it is nothing with you to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Yahweh, or Elohim, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Yahweh, thou art our Elohim. Let not man prevail against you. So as a result of what Asia prayed, he sought Yahweh. As I mentioned, Jeremiah 29, verse 13, Yahweh said, If you seek me, you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. And Asa did. And as a result of Asa crying unto Yahweh, seeking him, so Yahweh smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. You'd be surprised how little you have to do against your enemies when you turn the battle over to the Father, like David did. David, the battle is mine. He told Jehoshaphat, the battle is mine, not yours. Just show up against the enemy and I'll win for you. And he will provide a table before us in the presence of our enemies. But call him by his name. The only name he could possibly have is Yahweh. And when you see these terms, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Rapha, it's Yahweh Nissi, Yahweh Rapha. There is no J in the Hebrew language, never was. So it's Yahweh. Study my messages, it's very, very important. I'm just trying to help, I'm just trying to show you some of what Yahweh taught me. 
And Yeshua is his son's name, Yahweh our Savior. Yeshua means Yahweh our Savior. It's Yahweh in the body. And the Trinity is the Father manifesting himself as the Father in the Son and as the Spirit. Ephesians 4, 4 says there's only one Spirit. Father is Spirit, John said. He is that one Spirit. See, we're body, soul, and spirit, but we're one person. He's got three manifestations. He's one. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2, there's only one sitting upon the throne. The Father we're going to see throughout eternity is in the face of Yeshua. That's in my book, Is the Trinity Really a Mystery? In verse 13, And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gera, and Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves. For they were destroyed before Yahweh and before his hosts, and they carried away much spoil. You can see everything that's happening in the world right now. People are crying out, like I said, for a savior. So many people in the world are looking to anybody but Yeshua. They're looking to politicians. They're looking to the mainstream media to give them the, the correct news, but they don't. They only give people the news that they want them to hear. One of the major signs that I see that Yeshua is ready to come back soon is what is happening with the children. What the crazy people are trying to teach children these crazy ideas. And you got school board members that are not sold out to Yahweh, but sold out to the beast system. They're trying to tell teachers what to teach the children and actually implying that the children belong to them, the teachers, as opposed to the parents. So it's important that husbands and wives, they pray together with their children, go over the, the word together with their children, anoint the children with oil, ask the father to cover them with his blood before they leave, and before they go to sleep at night, read a story to them from the Word and pray with them. It's so important. Because the world system is trying to break up the family structure, trying to demasculine men and putting women down. you got to stand strong. And you have any children, and especially the public school system, and you see any of these things happening with the trying to teach the children and the, these perverted books that they're having in the library, go in in a non-violent way, and make your voice known. Get more parents together. So we're talking about preparing in this next six days to be ready in case the rapture door is closed and the tribulation starts, and you don't want to be left there during the tribulation. There's a message on my website about the tribulation preview. Very important. And before I get back to the message, I want to remind you that this is a pro-life ministry. We believe that life begins at conception. The father is the agent of conception. And I pray for the babies in the womb every podcast. You may not know that the babies in the womb, their heart begins to beat at around 18 days. And around four months, their heart is pumping about 25 quarts of blood per day. This baby is a life, not some form of tissue. So I want to pray for the babies in the womb right now. Father, I should touch the babies in the womb. Bring him to a full birth, Father, and we give you all the praise and the honor, Father, in the mighty name of Yeshua, by the blood of Yeshua. And if any of you out there had an abortion, repent, ask the Father to forgive you, and go on and follow him into purpose and destiny, and don't look back. Another thing I want to mention, I mention on every podcast, that if your flesh gives you any impure thoughts, worried, anxious thoughts, just say out loud, say, Yeshua, I thank you for that crown of thorns around your head. That means that my mind is protected by your blood. I only think your thoughts. And you give these thoughts to the Father. 
So again, we're talking about preparing for the possible rapture right on the, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, before the door is shut to the rapture, and also right before the tribulation starts with the beast being revealed in a greater way. Reach out to him. Remember, the road to hell is wide and many are found on it. The road to heaven is straight and narrow and few are found on it. He's coming back for a remnant. So if any of you have any questions or any praise reports and you want to email me, you can email me at contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, at henrywalker.org. I'll be so glad to hear from you. And if you enjoy these podcasts, tell other people about these podcasts, share, subscribe, hit the like button, and remember to next time. This is Evangelist Henry Walker saying, Greater is the Father in you, your daddy, the king of the universe, than anything or anybody in the world.